Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we have listener questions and we have headlines. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, June 25th, 2021. Should we do listener questions or prices first? Crypto prices. I think we're going to do the crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 11.55 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $32,700, down 3.6%. Ethereum's down 8% at $1,830. Tether's in the number three spot in Binance Coin or BNB is at 286 down 6%. Cardano's number five spot at $1.28, down 7.1%. Rounding off the top 10, we have Dogecoin, XRP, USDC, Polkadot, and BUSD. Total market cap, we're at $1.31 trillion and a BTC dominance of 46.8%. Now moving on to listener questions. First question comes from Riker in Wyoming, and Riker asks, will cryptocurrency ever have backing like FDIC insurance or the backing of a more stable coin? Obviously, very new to the crypto world. Thank you for such a great show. Well, this came from the Coinbase website. And so why doesn't cryptocurrency have FDIC insurance? Why can't you just put it in there and then the FDIC insurance covers your cryptocurrency? Well, because, and this is from the Coinbase website, cryptocurrency is not legal tender and is not backed by the government. Cryptocurrency, including but not limited to Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, stablecoins, and USDC, is not subject to Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation or FDIC or Securities Investor Protection Corporation protections. So, basically, what they're trying to say is Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies is not recognized by the US government as legal tender, therefore, FDIC insurance does not cover it. When was the FDIC insurance created? Well, it was created in 1933 by the 1933 Banking Act. And this was enacted during the Great Depression to restore trust in the American banking system. More than one-third of banks failed in those years before the FDIC's creation, and bank runs were common. The insurance was limited to initially around $2,500 per ownership category, and this was increased several times over the years. Right now, it's around $250,000 per ownership category. So long story short, the FDIC insurance was created to protect banks and legal tender, or the U.S. dollar not Bitcoin or other things that are not legal tender. But that is a benefit because, for example, if you are using Coinbase, FDIC insurance does cover your fiat currency stored in Coinbase. So if you have US dollars in your Coinbase account, FDIC insurance will cover that. Furthermore, there is insurance that these crypto companies have that they purchase to cover the cryptocurrencies. And some crypto companies, they have their own systems in place to make sure that they are protected or your cryptocurrency is protected in case of hacks or, I don't know, just problems with their exchange. For example, Coinbase, they have their own insurance. And there are companies that are offering their own insurance. You can check out our June 3rd episode about crypto insurance. Link is in the show notes. Also, there's funds like the Safu Fund from Binance that help cover in case of hacks or, I don't know, smart contract issues and so on and so forth. Anyway, I hope that helps. The next question comes from Greg. Actually, the next two questions come from Greg. 
His first question is, why does it look like all cryptocurrencies are in sync right now? Basically, what he's trying to say is, if Bitcoin went down 10%, why does it look like all of the market went down 10%? Ethereum, Litecoin, ADA, whatever. And, I mean, that's a very good question. If they're all independent of each other, why does price movement in Bitcoin affect everybody else? And I don't have a really good definite answer for this. All I know is when the market moves, the market moves. My guess is, and please, if you have a better answer, if you want to say that my answer is correct here, please write me, Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. But my guess is, is the crypto market is not like the stock market. The stock market, you're using U.S. dollars to denominate a certain stock. Everything is. There is no other way to denominate that stock. It's $10 or $20, or like Tesla today is like, what, $670. With Bitcoin, that's not the case. Bitcoin and U.S. dollars, they have a price match. So it's Bitcoin is this much U.S. dollars. But everything else has a BTC trading pair. So if Bitcoin price fluctuates, the trading pair for most of these cryptocurrencies is going to fluctuate as well because of, you know, it's going to be priced in so many sats. So if Bitcoin goes down 10%, that means that it's weaker pairing with the other cryptocurrencies or altcoins, if it's Litecoin or ADA or whatever, when they have that BTC pairing. So if Bitcoin moves, the, the market moves. And that's the only kind of explanation I can give to that is that it's more of a 3D chess sort of thing. You're not just using the U.S. dollar to denominate the price of, say, Cardano or Litecoin. It is the BTC to Cardano or BTC to Litecoin trading pair. And that's kind of like a 3D U.S. dollar to Bitcoin to Cardano kind of match. Anyway, if that makes sense to you, good. If it doesn't, write me, MatthewInternet.Decrypt.co. The second question from Greg is that if we see inflation is here, shouldn't we see more people moving cash into crypto or Bitcoin? That's a very good question. So let me try to answer this in a very long answer. <laughs> I think that this is happening, but the average person doesn't have a lot of money to really move the markets. Sure, everybody's buying, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks in Bitcoin or Dogecoin or whatever uh, the, the hype is at, at the moment. But the average person's bank account is $5,300. That means if the average person's bank account is $5,300, there's a lot more and a lot less. But if you have $5,000 in your bank account, more than likely you want to keep it there for rainy day funds or for paying things, or if there's an emergency, you don't want to have it all into crypto. That's kind of irresponsible. So with that $5,000, yeah, you can maybe break break off, you know, 300 or 500 bucks to put into, you know, a very volatile asset. And I think that we are seeing a lot of people do that. But are people breaking off a little cash to only put it into Bitcoin? Well, no. I mean, there's also the stock market. You know, the S&P 500 has been performing very well year after year after year. Real estate is going high. Maybe people are putting money into fixing up their home because they're going to get better property values, which is also, you know, hedging against inflation because their housing is going up and that's just giving them more and more wealth. There's also gold, silver, and there's this whole rush right now to, you know, kind of invest in things that are making lithium ion batteries that are going into electric cars, nickel, cobalt, so on, so on and so forth. Also, biotech is a huge emerging industry. So I can see a lot of people looking into biotech as a, hey, new companies are coming in to do biotech. Let's invest in that. There are so many different kind of asset classes or ways to try to hedge against inflation right now that I think that Bitcoin or cryptocurrency is just one of those. So long story short is, yes, I think that we are seeing people moving into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. It's just that the rate that they are moving into it and plus the other options that are, are there to hedge against inflation at this moment, I think that they're also taking those other routes. And banks and institutions and other big companies, they already have like their, I guess their emergency procedures in place for inflation. So that's my answer. 
And the last listener question came in last week or maybe the week before. And I was going to read it on air because we went back and forth via email. Um, but it was an interesting question because the person was asking about a flash crash that happened. And if you guys don't know what a flash crash is, it's a flash crash in price. Like maybe the price was actually a very good example is the flash crash of Ethereum. Ethereum was around $300 plus on GDAX and it crashed to 10 cents. And it was just insane. And then it went back up almost instantly. But for that brief second, it crashed to 10 cents. And by having that flash crash, it triggered a lot of people's stop losses and sold all of their Ethereum and also triggered a lot of buy orders. And it bought a lot of Ethereum because the Ethereum price was going down. And some people actually picked up Ethereum for 10 cents. Ultimately, if I remember correctly, GDAX and uh, Coinbase, they made everything right. Nobody sold. Nobody bought at stupid low prices. um, And they corrected everything. But those things do happen. And if you want to read more about it, there is a link in the show notes about the flash crash. Super interesting. So if you do see these huge price fluctuations that come out of nowhere and then kind of correct themselves like almost instantly, it might be a flash crash. Moving into today's headlines. Gemini has partnered with Climate Vault, a nonprofit organization run by the University of Chicago. In an announcement on Thursday, the exchange said it purchased over $4 million in carbon permits to offset the carbon emissions from using Bitcoin Network between January 1st and June 30th this year. A carbon permit, sometimes called a carbon credit, is sort of like a hall pass to let companies emit a certain amount of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. The more the company pollutes, the more credit it needs to have to offset these emissions. Also, this credit is an incentive to reduce in emissions because they're buying this and that's extra cost to them. So, hey, instead of buying this, let's just, you know, reduce our carbon emissions. If the company produces less gas than the permits that they bought, then they can resell the permits for a profit. As we all know, Bitcoin will become legal tender in El Salvador on September 7th. To mark the occasion, the president of El Salvador said that citizens who sign up for the state-sponsored crypto wallet, Chivo, will receive $30 in free Bitcoin. That means if all 6 million people in El Salvador took up the offer, the government would be spending around $200 million in Bitcoin. And I was curious, is $30 a lot in El Salvador? And so I put a link in the show notes to show you like what everything costs in El Salvador. For example, how much a loaf of bread costs, a gallon of milk, a gallon of gas, a bottle of beer, and so on and so forth. Click the link in the show notes. See how far $30 would go. Still continuing in El Salvador, Bitcoin ATM operator Athena announced plans that it will install 1,500 crypto ATMs throughout El Salvador, targeting areas where people receive remittance from abroad. London's Met Police has seized $158 million worth of cryptocurrencies after investigating multiple money laundering offenses. The seizure was carried out by Met's Economic Crime Command. That's a pretty cool name. The Met Police re-emphasized that cash remains king when it comes to financial crime, although there is a move to the digital space as technology develops and falls into the hands of criminals. In a report, the NCA, or the National Crime Agency, said that wider adoption of Bitcoin could make life easier for criminals. And finally, Robinhood had a massive year so far, but its IPO plans hit a snag. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or the SEC, is reportedly taking a close look at the company's cryptocurrency operations. The additional scrutiny has pushed back the company's IPO date to next month. However, a source close to the matter said it could be pushed back until the fall. Robinhood CEO Vlad Tenev has made the company's cryptocurrency operations a key focus this year. 
In a recent interview, Tenev said that Robinhood is seeking to make huge investments and hire a ton of people to build out these operations. Robinhood's renewed focus on crypto came after a nearly a six-fold increase on the number of users who traded cryptocurrencies from 1.7 million in Q4 of 2020 to 9.5 million in Q1 of 2021. I can see why they want to double, triple, quadruple down. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Don't forget to go to DemerForCongress.com. That's D-I-E-M-E-R for Congress.com. Blockchain advocates in Washington. We need it. And you can go to Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And until tomorrow, weekend update. Happy hodling, everyone.